I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast, 487's After Show. I think we've been later than this to start. <laughs> I think we've started late after that, this. That sounds about right. Here we it's, are. It's 941 Central Time. Yes. So and we're starting the After extra Show. Extra hour earlier, coming in at 8 o'clock for the regular show, Central. Uh, we'd love feedback. As to if if that if this change of moving it up in an hour does it benefit you? Does it significantly benefit you? Does it not matter whatsoever because you're listening or watching a day or two later? Regardless of what it is, I even if you're completely indifferent, we'd love to know that. I mean, maybe there's a massive uproar and objection you, to the eight p.m. start. I doubt it, but maybe there is. You and, can uh, email. We, we would take that into consideration. Yeah, yeah you could email us. John at smashbox.tv. You could leave a message here on the YouTube. Um, you could leave an Apple review and tell us, man, I really don't like that uh, 8 p.m. It bothers me when I listen to my podcast the next day. On Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Why'd you guys go to go at 8? You missed all that potential news between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. that could have came out on Tuesday, uh, but then you, you actually missed it. So nonetheless, uh, we're here. This is the after show. If somehow you're new here or unfamiliar, in the after show, really, there's not a lot of rules. Uh, we generally will stay focused around uh, loosely around the idea of disc golf, the sport of disc golf, and things of that nature. However, we sometimes will go all the way off the rails into anything uh, pop culture or uh, current events or anything else going on, typically staying away uh, from politics and religion. But uh, any topic can potentially be on... Should we do some relationship advice? I yes. mean, with with Bradley and Lecke? I think it would be fair to start asking. I mean, since they're posing the question, like, uh, are they in it for the long haul? Is I mean, because clearly, if you listen to the show already, spoiler: Brad has not proposed. Brad is, has not married her, Whoa. and and I feel like that 
that might solve a few problems. That could. It might create other ones, but it could solve a few. You're right. That she's currently having as she's applying for a sports visa. A quick courthouse marriage could solve some some problems Mm -hmm. as far as her playing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I am... Probably sure that has been joked about between them, or talked about, or <laughs> or tongue in cheek joked yeah. about, or ha ha. Wait, how's he reacting? Joked about, mm-hmm. or, or she, or he, or, I, who knows? Maybe she's not interested. I, yeah, yeah. I want that old guy. She's like, you ain't good enough for a visa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I ain't wasting that opportunity. I, who no. knows? So. Uh, yes, um, <laughs> great having them on the show, and uh, best of luck to them. We talked about their sponsorship announcements, and then obviously that's largely what's in the news right now uh, is the sponsorship announcements. And uh, we haven't seen a lot of tour schedules yet. Um, I, I think you have a pretty good idea where most people are going to go to most events um, following the pro tour, and then it's just really a matter of who will be going overseas for some of the uh, – the European pro tour events and who's, who's going to stay local for and not go to those. That's about it. Uh, I'm looking ahead. No surprise. I know I've been talking about it, but I'm looking ahead for the next few weeks. We have uh, potential events like Shelly Sharp, Maricopa open, uh, Asia, uh, open going on, uh, Chiang Mai open, Samui swine, bunch of events. Uh, and then as those all start to wrap up, uh, coming back and, Disc Golf Pro Tour All-Stars. Mid-February. And then uh, chess.com open. I do want to quick uh, give a little notice for those of you that are listening and pay attention. Um, Skip Ace is the front page right now is under construction. The actual whole app is under construction, but you can still log into the actual app portion. But the landing page is, uh, is being worked on right now for a big overhaul that's happening behind the scenes. I was handed a... A staging site today that uh, that had a couple little issues that we're going back and forth and tweaking to make sure that we can get all, everything set. Obviously, this is a big update. We're looking at getting live scoring of your leagues on your on each individual league page. So rather than having to wait for the next day to see what the results are, we're hopefully going to get that taken care of on the fly and see what's going on. So that is that's happening behind the scenes right now. And uh, not going to lie. I know it's. I've got basically about little of little over a month to get that done, and I'm, I'm, I'm still nervous. I've got. We've got our my. I have two. I honestly feel this that I have two of the best developers, maybe for 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 this language for PHP Laravel, maybe in the world. Damn, working on this, and they but are it's not done yet. No. Um, they spent the, almost the whole first month basically taking what my previous developer did, who I thought was really good, and reformatting it because we did a bunch of upgrades to the language, upgrades to a couple of the um, the backend things. So everything had to be tested and all this other stuff. And then they were like, well, there's maybe a better way to do this now than there was before. So we took almost the whole first month and just, uh, I say we, I didn't do a damn thing. No. It's just my checkbook. And they went and refactored most of the uh, the back end. So hopefully it'll be running more efficient. It's going to be easier for future development to happen. When you've got one guy who does it all, it's real easy for him to go and be like, oh, I know how this works. When you've got a small team that I have now, it is much more, it's much better to make sure things are perfect the way they want to do it. So we're looking at that. 
cross my fingers that we'll get uh, a lot of other things taken care of in the next month. So, uh, Eric asks, are you both working with the DGPT in 2024? Um, Terry is, um, Terry is for certain he's on there. He's currently on there schedule to work a handful of events eight to ten events or something like that is what it looks like right now for for broadcasting for doing in the booth i don't know what else there's out there i am currently not on the schedule but they have uh, one of the guys reached out to me and just asked if i would be interested and if i was what events i would be interested in um and i i responded i said i i'm interested in whatever you need me for if it's one event great if it's 10 events I'm here. I know the Disc Golf Pro Tour is really trying to work on their internal people, working with them to make sure that everybody's up to date and everyone knows how to work. They've got multiple people that can do the job that I was doing. You know, I I worked with Ian Lunger, who, you know, who, you know, him and I kind of worked hand in hand to get the broadcast where it is. And now they've got multiple people that are doing directing and it's kind of branched off. Uh, my services are less required these days you're replaceable you're 100 percent replaceable just you, say it. we all are we all are replaceable yeah. terry yeah I, I used to not i used to not be replaceable and then i taught everybody how to do everything mm. and now i'm replaceable exactly um i should have kept my mouth shut should have kept my mouth shut but as of right now i i am not scheduled for anything in the pro tour they may call me up and say hey we need you to do waco or we need you to to, to do mpo for uh us wdgc or something like that yeah MPO for USWGC. I'm sitting here waiting for it. Yeah, that's, I would. I would hold your breath on that I'm, one. I'm hoping that's the one I'm really hoping for. <laughs> I hope you get that one too, because that would be, maybe MP40. Would be, uh, I'm looking for MP40 at the USWDGC. Yeah. So uh, so no, it, it could just be anything. Who knows? Um, I'm I'm open to the ideas. Just have to figure it out. I'd like to play more this year. So um, we'll see. I know that they're looking at doing some watch-alongs this year. There's other things they're working on. It, it's going to be exciting year for the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Uh, and just to, I don't know if it was a regular show or as we were in the after show already, but Johnny McRae is your global masters champion in the MP50 to 54 category. So I, I think there was maybe some question or discrepancy. We were, we were uncertain. I am now seeing it in front of my face uh, that he is the global masters champion um, in Pro Men 50 to 54 as shown on his page. So congrats to him. I wanted to get that in there. Uh, speaking of which, Brad, uh, Bradley did uh, uh, Schwebby. Schwebby, how many how many uh, he, events did he play over the weekend? I'm yeah. thinking just one, if any. No, and none. I bet you none over New Year's. No, you don't think so? No. Uh, he played one in the. Uh, he is one for one in 2024. He does have his first win. He played in the fourth. <laughs> Excuse me, the fourth annual Hangover Classic, where he was able to take down an MP40 victory by three strokes. That was a two-round event. So congrats to Schwebby, who uh, took down his first uh, event of the year. And I'm going to see if he did close out 2023. Uh, there would have to be something on New Year's Eve, right? That, doesn't that seem practical? Mm. No. Looks like the 20... Yeah. Uh, yep, December 30th. He didn't get the win. He instead took second playing in MPO. Who did he lose to? Ryan. Oh, that's right. Ryan Edgerton. Edged him out. A playoff ensued. Ryan Edgerton 
gets Edgerton's out uh, yeah. one Brian Schweberger, right? Uh, and I think I have a story on this. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Chuck Conley? Spike Heiser? I think sent me a message. I apologize. I'm just now remembering this. Let's read what he says. Ryan Edgerton, 17 years old, beat Schwebby in a one-hole playoff yesterday. Damn, damn kids. He sent this a few days ago. Unique 25-hole round one, 13-hole round two. What? He came from five strokes down going into round two. So Chuck Conley, Spike Heiser, sent me this a couple days ago. I'm, I, I'm now just remembering he sent it, so I'm glad we got the. But a 17-year-old beat his grandpappy in Brian Schweberger. <laughs> I hope you feel good about beating that old man there. Yeah. Jeez. Back in my day. <laughs> we had respect for our elders. Exactly. We, so, let, we let them whoop up on us. The 17-year-old Ryan Edgerton takes down Brian Schweberger in a one-hole mm. playoff in a unique, what, 30, 38 holes of play? Is that what I read? 25 and 13 is 38. So That is weird. Uh, yeah. So nonetheless, I know you need at least 13 to get a rating. Correct. So maybe that's why it was at least that many that round. I don't know what the deal was. But congrats to Ryan. Ryan, interestingly enough, turned down the cash. So Beach Schwebby wins it. So it turns down the this. cash. Uh, sounds like that's a kid that's looking to maybe play one of the amateur championships this exactly. year. Exactly. So, nonetheless, um, congrats. You think he went out and celebrated with a drink? <laughs> Probably not at maybe 17. Maybe some icy? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe some sparkling grape wine or grape juice? Probably just a Gatorade. Yeah, probably... More like Schwebby's Haterade. Maybe he drank up Schwebby's Tears. Oh, yeah. That scene... <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, we love you, Schwab. But yeah, he's one for one in 2024. So good on you. All right, Terry. Question: Uh oh, what did you do for New Year's? You kept kept things pretty uh, low key. No major drinking. Um, not nothing of any uh, significant note. It was actually nice and low key, which was I was all about it. Was it at home? Um, yeah, I was in the area. Um, <laughs> that's, that's not that's that's not the same thing. No, they're they're a little different. But uh, yeah, I kept it low key locally, and uh, no, nothing wild or crazy. I did see. I did see. When did this become a thing that there's fireworks in Milwaukee at I, at eight thirty? I just think. Like were I they, get midnight fireworks, were, which I know a lot of people were they about. Of, were they official fireworks? Yeah, in the city they of Milwaukee? were like official, like oh. the Deer District uh, area. Oh, okay. Lighting off, it's just 8.30 is such a weird time. Like, if it's 9 o'clock and you're recognizing some other weird time zone, maybe. Um, I know uh, Explorium, uh, who has hosted Simon and Eagle and a bunch of other golfers, Explorium had an, what they called an Irish New Year, uh, mixed in with some drinking and whatnot. They had it at, like, 6 o'clock at Cheers. Like, oh, I sure. get all of that. But 8.30, like, 8.30 fireworks, just, just a weird time to me that uh, there would be some significant fireworks lit off. Uh, where well, the Bucks play, you got to figure maybe if uh, that's when everyone's still sober enough to watch them. Eight thirty. <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Uh, what did, What did you do? Did you get wild? Oh, got totally wild and crazy, and didn't leave the house. Okay, yeah, stayed at home. I think we played. Yeah, the Packer game was on yep. New Year's Eve. Um, I did not watch a moment of it. it really, was, really, not one minute, not one minute of it. I. I watched wow. just a real, real short little bit of football during the day and then got to doing some work around the house. And my son got a uh, a new version of Settlers of Catan. Mm. 
So uh, nights and cities or something. I, I don't even know what it was called, but he set it up down here in our, in the basement. We came down here at about seven o'clock and we, and it took us literally with the new rules. It took us like an hour and a half just to read the rules, figure out how to, <laughs> how to play this variation of a game. We already are very good at and know how to play. And then we ended up playing two games. And by the time we were done, it was, uh, I, I, I kept track of the Packer game on my phone and I was, it was eight o'clock and I was like, oh, that's right. Packers, let's see how they're doing. They were up like 13 to three. And I was like, oh, cool. And I just watched them continue to rack up the points. Can't say it was sad to see, um, but we played the, uh, we played board game and it was about 10 50 when we, when we ended my wife and I walked upstairs, sat down on the couch, watched the New York New Year's mm. with Ryan Seacrest. Okay. And not Anderson Cooper. And, not Anderson and Cooper. Nope. It was Ryan Seacrest. Okay. We don't have cable. I think those guys are on cable. Mm. And then about 10 minutes after that, I went and brushed my teeth, lay down in bed. My wife joined me maybe 25 minutes later, 20 minutes later after I, there was some, I think Green Day played that night on the west coast so she wanted to sit up and watch that but i was just like no nah, i'm good i'm gonna lay down in bed and that was it that was my new year super exciting i barely barely made it up past midnight laying in bed surfing around on my phone and that was literally just a wild and crazy night then the too. fireworks mm. then they really happen okay uh yeah well hopefully you guys if you're here you at least you had a semi safe or practical new year so uh hopefully it was safe for all of you out there and had a good time i know uh there was a a a high likelihood of almost sort of kind of pulling off a chaining in the new year event i was hoping to be able to do one at the end of the year on the 31st and then uh some trick some uh some things didn't uh, unfold in our favor, and so w- wasn't able to pull it off. But I am thinking about maybe there could still be some kind of a flex start, a little event I run before uh, I start my my big Southeast Asia tour. So I'll keep you guys posted. But uh, sounds like there was golf to be played just about everywhere. So hopefully everybody had a good, safe New Year as uh, as we roll into this year. Uh, what was I going to just ask? Oh, what what? Uh, only because I really genuinely don't know, and I was too lazy to look it up. What exactly is the implication for the Packers in the playoffs? If we talk local sports here for just we're, two minutes, we're talking local football here on the show. Um, currently, the Packers there, hey, the Packers there, hey. Um, currently, the Packers need to win. They need to beat the Bears in order to make it to the playoffs. I think if they beat the Bears, they should have an automatic last chance to get in. Um, that's. Yeah, if if they win, they're for sure into the playoffs. And then, isn't it yes. true if somebody else loses or something oh. that there's a chance we're not? The, we we the might last not be seed. the bot. We might not be the bottom seed. Okay. Um. Yes. Correct. There's a chance that we could be, I think, the seventh seed and then play the Lions versus. <sighs> forget playing Philly or something. No, okay. not Philly. I I don't know. I've but win and we're in. Correct is the number one, uh, objective. which is exact position we were in last, last year, year against the Lions. And lost to the Lions. and lost to the Lions, and now the Bears. I mean, and the Bears looked—they're looking relatively okay. Like they—they they had a—they were rough in the beginning of the year, but uh, okay. Matt Lafleur has not lost to the Bears yet in like a couple of years. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'm again not counting any chickens before they hatch. It would be really cool to see this young team make it to the playoffs. I know some. We have a little bit of a football chat in the. Uh, Discord in the Smashbox Discord between some of us. Mm-hmm. And there's a Lions fan in there. There's a Vikings fan. There's a few people. We go back and forth and joke. But I said at the beginning of the season, someone was like, so is, is uh, 
Jordan Love the man? Is he going to be the guy? And I even said, I'm like, I don't know. I need to give him like eight to 10 games, I hope. I think he's proven that, that he has earned himself uh, a, another two years with the way he's been playing. Okay. I, and you know, there, there could be worse options to have than Jordan love. I'm, I'm excited for this young team. Um, they, they make a lot of mistakes. They need help on defense, but ultimately it could be cool. That's, that's where I, that's where we're at for Packer talk. All right. I just need to keep it local there. Just keep it local, local sports on the nines. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. It's nine fifty nine, so it was on the nines. Yeah. Uh, Tim says Bengals eliminated, and every Pittsburgh fan, let me know. Oh. Uh, yeah. Makes sense. Bob Goyke out there on the board. Leave it to Beaver three. That would be a good idea, Bob. If we could, that could be fun. If we could, maybe I should reach out to Beaver Dam tomorrow. For those that don't know, I once Which ran is a city. Uh, it's a city in South, South Central, South Central Wisconsin. Uh, <laughs> <Down in laughs> sounds funny to say. It's not quite like in, uh, in, uh, California, but, uh, in South Central Wisconsin, very short and easy, very, very, very easy birdieable course. That's a lot of fun to play, especially when we've had some shortened days and shortened, you know, the winter months are give you some pretty short days. And, uh, I once, there's really only like two holes that are difficult to reach up. Right? Uh, yeah, and once uh, for two years, I ran the Leave It to Beaver and uh, one and two, both of those events. Uh, hence, it was in Beaver Dam, and then uh, that was PDGA singles that was held for a Skyline Amateur Series uh, that I used to host. And then uh, also in the winter time, I would run what was called the Random Beaver Roundup. And that actually was three rounds that could be played in a day on this incredibly short course. And that was one of the rare opportunities where we played tough shot, meaning you Mm. and your partner throw and the other team that you were playing against got to choose which lie you would play from. The good news was this course is so incredibly easy that you really shouldn't be getting punished that much. Um, So it still made it move along relatively well as opposed to playing it at, you know, Northwood black or anywhere else. Uh, yeah. And it was a lot of fun. So you played the first round was tough shot. The third round with your partner that, uh, the third round of the day was best shot from the longs. I want to say, and then the middle round was optional and you played best shot random draw from the shorts where like you needed to shoot like 16 or 17 under uh to be competitive so random beaver roundup also another favorite of mine throughout all the years i tell you <laughs> aaron's not the first to comment <laughs> what I'm- uh aaron says who gave terry a toupee <laughs> Uh, not the first comment on it's my hair tonight, bit, so I'll address shaggy, it. And it's a little shaggy, and it looks a little. It looks a little yeah. like. Uh, it looks like uh, <laughs> I'm sixty, maybe like I'm sixty, or and my hair is from um, is like a Lego character or something. Like, yeah, I I could see where you're getting that from, but no, this is yeah. this is all natural. I just need a haircut, but. Yeah. Me too. Thank you. Long. Yes, Johnny's Johnny's is getting long here as getting well. Little, yeah, it's getting to me. <laughs> I, di- I didn't have one that long ago, so, <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> all right, um, Aaron, are you going to be in? Are you going to be in uh, Thailand? Huh? Are we going to see you there? 
Ray asks, if it looks or says, it looks like some DGN content has been getting posted to the Jomez YouTube page, that catch series with Brian Earhart, for example. Not surprising. Uh, I, I, Again, as everyone knows, my personal account doesn't really subscribe to hardly any disc golf pages, so I'm not a... I think I would have to log into uh, maybe my Smashbox YouTube account to see the Jomez stuff uh, and DGN stuff. But it wouldn't surprise me if the the stuff that DGN is putting out, they're trying to promote it publicly. Like, hey, look what we have behind the paywall. Mm. You know, if, if... We all know that the off-season can be... Some people... It's funny. Some people are really looking for different new content. Others are just like, cool, call me when the Pro Tour starts again. Sure. They have no care about any... You and I have both seen some phenomenal disc golf videos get dropped that have nothing to do with coverage that get squat for views. And some of the most mediocre coverage will get four to five times the views. It's just what people want. Don't make sense. Well, it, it does if you like coverage and you don't really care about the players. Like, if you don't care... About Gannon Burr's personality, Brian Earhart's questions, whoever, that stuff's not going to interest you. And that I feel like that is a smaller subsection of our viewers. Which, and I think the DGN found that out last year when they laid off a a, a portion of their uh, creative team, the people that were coming up with these extra video, this extra video content. I just don't think that the the viewership numbers were there to make it worthwhile. Because we all, uh, you and I have talked about it off off the air that just some of that stuff just doesn't hit with people. It, it's you know I, I I can understand like you know I'm I'm a football fan. Am I going to go out of my way to watch the 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 Jordan Love documentary about you know him growing up? Probably not. If I catch it, great. But I'm not probably going. I'm going to go. I want to watch football. Yeah. So I can understand that concept. It just feels different because we're so ingrained into the sport. That you and I sometimes think like, well, why wouldn't you watch that? But some people that just do not care. I, I'll be the first to admit that's kept me a little gun shy on exploring more content pieces uh, to create when it comes down to personality type stuff as opposed to and veering away from the actual play. I think of uh, whether it's a small series or or just some other really creative things that I would basically help uh, oversee and I wouldn't actually make myself because I'm not, uh, that's not my skill set. Like but, the, like the, will they break up documentary? Yeah. Like the, will they break up documentary? Like I'd love to produce something like that and have it made and put it on my channel. But at the same time, I don't want to roll the dice on a few thousand dollars of, of, you know, contracting the right cameraman, the right editing, all that stuff to get it done. Well, just to have, 700 views on it like even if it is phenomenally produced look it might have 700 views and and nothing for nothing like financially that doesn't make sense i would i am the first guy to say this through and through i will hire incredible video content producers and and put lots of different stuff on my channel if it was going to get viewed and there's just there's no way to genuinely predict it and some of it a large majority of it is just too expensive to roll the dice and be like, Hey, I want to hire these couple of professionals to come in and make this really cool content that I think. And I think a lot of people would think it's really cool, but a lot of people won't even mm-hmm. take the chance on it and, or, or, or go view it. And 
Well, to, I mean, it to, is what it is. I, I guess to, that's all, anyone that makes any kind of content. You're always rolling some kind of dice. I'm saying I would invest more if the viewership would support it just by viewing it. And I don't think that's the case. I mean, no punning game. Jomez didn't do that this year. Um, no Simon. Uh, Vlogmas? No, there was not Vlogmas. He, he, that that one where he traveled around with the Jomez guys and filmed different oh, weird spots. Yeah, he was here with sure. none of that. It really feels like that high that high dollar. As far as cost, creative ones are going by the wayside right now. And you know the catch with Brian Earhart. That's just two guys throwing a frisbee back and forth with a little bit of intercut stuff. The production requirements of that are so much less expensive than what that other stuff was where you're traveling and you're setting up, you know, you're renting out places and things like that. So uh, we'll see, maybe it'll come back. Maybe, maybe it's just not ever in the cards for us. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, and, and to just put it in perspective and, and this is nothing more than a, just one brief snapshot. I look at Ben Calloway is part of the catch series on Joe Mez on on uh, YouTube. Uh, ben Calloway did it thirteen thousand views six days ago. I did not watch that one as much as I consumed a little bit of the Gannon Burr one, which has nineteen thousand views. Again, you're talking about the lift that is or isn't required, and is it worth the extra effort to produce that content or not? And yeah, that's a great question. I, that, that and now let me. Keep this in perspective. Thirteen thousand views with Ben Calloway on Jomez's channel, who has four hundred and forty-six thousand subscribers, and nineteen thousand views on Gannon. And I'm not saying that to diminish it. I'm saying for a channel like mine with ninety-five thousand subscribers, like if you just even remotely use you get about ten percent, yeah, you, you know, use 8%. your analytics to that. You're looking at even lesser views, yeah. obviously, on other channels. Like, uh, and it's yeah, they're getting two percent of their viewers to watch a, and, a video like that. It just, I mean, it just shows people went to Jomez for a specific reason. So, and again, I saw, I've seen some people say, "Man, I really miss the putting game." Man, I really miss. Uh, I, I, is is Simon doing that cool thing again? There, there, there was an audience. The question is, is the audience sufficient enough to justify? The expenses. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Simon has a video out, for instance, uh, that's 20 minutes long that says, playing disc golf with James Conrad and Brian Earhart, which has a question mark. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, with 122,000 views. And, of course, that's lighthearted, uh, low-level, low-production content. It's oh, one it, camera, and it's one Simon. angle of Simon Lazat as you know an MC slash moderator. And he brings all, entirely – so this isn't like a – I'm not second guessing anyone's input. Uh, I'm just saying, like, it's interesting to see what is what is valued and or what is what interests our players or our viewers or, or people out there. It's I don't know. Clearly, I don't. I don't have. A, I'd be a millionaire if I knew all the answers and or was making all the right decisions. And I'm not opposed to taking risks, but uh, you have to take some calculated risks. And I love the idea of there's so much content. That could be so great. I think that could be out there, um, but if 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 the disc golf world isn't ready or wanting of it, then then I guess it just doesn't get made. Won't won't. So uh, did I see a super chat worked? 
Tim Quartz, thank you. We appreciate you. $5 for the haircut. (laughs) And so that's all you get to spend. I was just going to say that it was about this time last year I made the comment, hey, should I get my haircut when I go to Bangkok? And I ended up going in there. It turned out to be a a pretty good decision, and $5 will just about cover it. So um, I may or may not try and get it done before I go there, but thank you so much, Tim, nonetheless. Sam Martin has a question. I haven't haven't pre-read this, so let's see what happens. Uh Uh-oh. Here's a Smashbox question. What player from pre-DGPT, MPO and FPO, missed the time, whether current courses or on current viewers, that would be popular or on top cards or today's viewers missed? So maybe somebody who was pre Will Schustrick. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he just barely missed. Out I would on say that. he just barely missed. I but mean, he is he is a known commodity. Is okay. there is there anyone that is a little less known? Maybe. I mean, some of the names that you guys will never, uh, outside of us mentioning them in a in an opener or as a reference in terms of some historical perspective, someone that comes to mind in particular is like Angela Chigfry, mm, FPO like name, yeah. phenomenal player, and I. I'd like to thank uh, one Lauren Lakeberg, who put out 2008's World's uh, photos that she took. She's been a professional photographer, happens to be from the Midwest near us. She took a whole bunch of photos she had taken at World's in 08, and then just put a little background music to them and created a slideshow and put them up on her channel. I watched it, looking at all the faces, like, oh my gosh, look at that person, (laughs) look at this person, so on and so forth. One of which, uh, I believe she was in the final nine, she was at least in the photo, was Angela Chigfry phenomenal FPO player. Yeah, she was. Short in stature, like, would you would you say shorter maybe even than Paige? As, or Paige Shoe? Like, she's is similar it was stature. It was similar. right about there. I, I couldn't. Relati- very yeah. small frame, very small, to short me, in stature. Everybody's short. It's right. hard to tell. <laughs> anyway, a phenomenal player, um, but was way ahead of her time because regardless of how good she was, there was not a living to be made in FPO play yeah. at that time. Uh, but she was definitely one of the best in the world uh, around that time frame. So someone like her just em- just instantly comes to mind right off the top of my head. You want to talk about another one? Look at look at look at a Dion Arlen, who you know we've referenced as being an incredible yeah. player, and now has gone on to you know have wife and kids and do all this other stuff uh, you know outside of disc golf for many years, and then now coming back in in terms of. Um, you know, Stat Mando, of course. So he jumps out. Uh, I think of a. Uh, I mean, you're 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 at a, I, I, a great I, list. Right I pulled now. up the 2003 PDGA Disc Golf World Championships. <laughs> oh, the one I cashed in. Good. I just I grabbed a, a year honestly. Twenty years ago. Um, who did I tie? Scroll down a little. Oh God, nobody cares. Uh, I, they care. You probably know. You tied Yeti. Johnny McRae. <laughs> yes. And Christopher Gibbs. Yes. Congratulations. Yeti and Johnny McRae. Um, That's but a good company. I would say some of the names that maybe people would have missed or that could have been cashing or even maybe some mid-level touring pros would have been someone like uh, Carlo Pelg or Todd Branch, who was a, a, early a big Early touring. A local here who really, I think... Always maybe had a chance. He was just good at everything. Chris Heron, who's still, you know, he he's he's like one or two wins shy. Maybe he already has a hundred MPO wins. I know he was like getting close, but um looking at some of the other names. Uh you know, I- I- Avery uh has always been good. He but I mean, you know, he won worlds in two thousand nine mm-hmm. and as 
as the tour mm-hmm. started in 2016, those weren't his prime touring days. He was then moving into already yep. course design and other things. Um, so someone like him definitely comes to mind uh, as one of those people as well. Yeah, that would that would be like those kind of would be the names that I would think of from about that that era that maybe could have possibly been like your, your again your mid level um your your mid level pros maybe even had like a social media presence i could have seen for some reason i could see todd branch having like a, a vlog um they they were doing kind of winnie crew stuff back then yeah, they were writing they were and, writing a blog blog yeah exactly a written blog so, so. The, the you know i yeah that's a good that's a good name i mean uh, uh cam todd clearly you know went on to become world champ in he 03 he came back into 01. dgpt i thought about him but he he came back he did well at the ddo that year but at that time then, he was almost boom. pushing 40 correct so uh you know it, he had kind of missed out on the time shasta chris shasta's been around and was actually one of the original dgpt you know travel hands and was there for the original DGPT. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got cards uh, for playing in the in the pro tour as it was starting, but Shasta uh, was never a dominant player. I mean, just cresting a thousand and then some. Uh, clearly beloved and would have had a you know continues to have a, a solid following and is enjoying his time in Thailand mm-hmm. as we speak. But I, I I don't think his play was dominant enough even at its peak. No, as good as he is. He wasn't. He wasn't. You know, in threat of of MPO lead cards on the regular. Two two overseas players that names keep popping up that I think I would have loved to see. And these are these two guys are guys that a lot of the young people right now look at. at I mean, they, God, they might even be too old for that. But they look at and say, like, well, these are some of the original European mm-hmm. disc golfers. It's like your uh, uh, Marcus Kallström, Jesper Lundmark. Um, wasn't. Christian Sandstrom. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like those three to me are, are all guys that I think like they would have been your Nicholas Antelas of mm-hmm. today where they were coming and you're like, Oh, is, is this the year he's going to get it? Like they're yep. so close. Or your um, pre- or a few years ago, you would have been like your Seppos, you know, mm-hmm. would have rivaled what Seppo was doing, uh, you know, back in 2011 or 12 or 13. So, Yeah. It is funny to look at some of these names as we... Uh, I scroll down more towards the bottom. I recognize these guys. I played with them. <laughs> recognize a few of those names. Uh, yeah. Uh, very, very cool to see. Um, Devin Owens was, uh, funny enough, was a name that came to mind as well. He was like, he, he had a tour card. He was on the tour in 2016, mm-hmm. maybe even 2017 as well, I think. Um, you know, one of the best lefties in the game. And then, uh, you know, uh, hurt his leg. Broke, broke his leg or his ankle or his leg or knee for a while. And then, you know, that was kind of the start of the finish of Devin's hardcore playing career. Um, you know, someone, uh, uh, Nolan Grider would Nolan be Grider's actually a, a great one. name. He's out of Texas, to this day a solid player, uh, and was definitely a, a superstar, but wasn't quite uh around as you know as the tour progressed 10 years it was kind of 10 years past his original prime but man it would have been great to see him out there and we could go on i could probably pick apart somebody from just about every state and think about like what it would have looked like having them move into modern day era of golf would be incredible james snappy cole you know snappy has been out on the tour i've got a snappy card he was he was on the first Uh, year of the tour uh, Brinster is a great name, but Brinster, um, 
you know, Brinster won USDGC, what, in like 2014, 2013, 2014. And then the tour was in 2016 in his backyard, uh, so to speak, in Maple Hill area. That's not quite his backyard, but you know what I mean, in that, uh, you know, northeast region. And he just never could really take to touring full time. Not with the, the not, twins. Not and... with the twins and in prior to that really yep. having a job yep. uh, that didn't allow him to really full time tour. Coda. Coda's a good name. Coda Hatfield. Yeah. Um, certainly. Uh, Jason, good to see you. Jason uh, posting recently celebrating um, uh, his sobriety of many, many years. I forget how many. Was it 10 or 20 or whatever it's been, Jason? Uh, congrats to you, my friend. Well done. Uh, love it. Uh, Steve Rico. I just talked to Steve yesterday. He tells me. Oh, geez. You want to guess what he told me yesterday? Uh, besides, I love you and happy birthday. Uh, he told me I love you and I said happy birthday. Uh, and, uh, I, 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 Any guesses what he might have said about 2024? Oh, oh, God, yes, yes. Um, This is the year that he's going to work less and golf a little bit more. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And maybe, maybe play a DGBT event or two, but really try to hit that master's tour. And that's not going to happen. And he's going he's gonna to work just as hard as he always does, unfortunately. And it'll come close to when he's thinking about it. And he'll just be like, no, bro, I just could, I couldn't get away from, I couldn't get away from, the, you know, the, the warehouse. And there's just so much work to do. And, you know, it's just a grind, man. I just got to keep it up. Yeah, that's about 90% right. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I love Steve. And I hope we're both wrong year. in picking on him. Steve, uh, he said, yeah, he would love to get out there. He'd love to play some more this year. Uh, he said, even though he did say, even when I can't get to some of these events to play, I want to come hang out, be part of the scene. Uh, his good friend Jay Ray is obviously out on tour, uh, you know, working his ass off as well. So I hope that we see more Steve Rico out on the course and or after the course is done. I, I truly believe. Uh, I hope we'll see you out there more, Steve. Even at age 45, Stevie could go to a course. I would say have to be the right course. And compete in a DGPT event. 100%. Like, I, I think he would have a little bit harder time on some of these, like, OTB, maybe uh, 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 so some of the longer courses. I don't, just don't think Steve can keep up. He doesn't sure. quite have that distance that these young guys do. But we saw at DDO, he played decent enough a couple of years ago. He was on, he, he made a little bit of coverage. You get him to a Waco. And I don't know what the new course is like. It might be insane long. Maple Hill, I think he could compete. He could compete on Ledgestone Black, I think, because he can keep it in the lines. Mm-hmm. I truly think Stevie could still compete 
in certain spots. Um, it's just maybe a little bit more unfortunate, as we, as we said, that so many of our courses now are, are favoring so much distance that I think there are some courses he's just not going to be able to hold uh, hold a candle to you know to to half these young kids that can th- out throw him by fifty to a hundred feet. Yeah. Well, it uh, it would be exciting to see him, and we'll see if he dabbles in some. I know he wants to go after some Masters age titles, like you just said. Mm-hmm. Certainly, can be competitive in any given uh, yeah. MPO event. Yeah, some, go into Masters Worlds, others. Good, buddy. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to see him at just that at Masters Worlds again, and and a few of the other Masters majors, uh, and hoping, just like you said, he can actually break away from some of the work. I know it's incredibly difficult to do uh, as he's over there holding down. Legacy. Tommy Hawk said Nate Doss. Didn't he stop early? Yeah, I mean, Nate, you know, some of you may or may not remember. He won 20, a pro tour event. 2017, he took down GMC. Uh, the GMC and uh, a great battle with a, with a completely stacked field of incredible modern-day superstars, and Nate Doss took it down. I think so many people, because they're somewhat newer COVID, to the game. COVID players. Not just COVID players. Well, that, but, that, that era. But just didn't weren't around in in Nate's heyday and I think so many people either have no idea or completely forget he won three world titles. Well, I think they know. There's literally only a, like think, here's, a couple of people that have more world titles than he does in the MPO division. I'm going to I'm such an old man get off my yard kind of person. I think people realize that. People know. Every, I don't think they do. I, I think they do. I think, I think they literally don't know. I think they literally do know and I, I think they look at it and they say different era, not as good players. And they and they devalue that. I think people do know that when they see Nate Doss on coverage, commentating, what he is—he's a world champion. He's a three-time world champion. I think you know you mention it almost every day. I know, and I still and, think people and, genuinely don't know. And I think people do know, but I do think that there's a, a level of—I don't say disrespect, but devaluing of players who were good. Back then, because they're like, yeah, it is like, uh, you know, the competition wasn't as good. Again, I'll say this. The competition was pretty damn good. And it might not have been as deep, but that top level of player, and it was good. Those guys were good. And Nate Doss was really good. He still is really good. Probably get, I think you give that guy a month and he gets really good again. He's just got that, uh, that competitor in him and, and it's kind of ingrained. But he's another one where I know he can he can throw pretty far, but I still think that those long courses probably don't favor him nearly as much as some of the young guys who can just literally just throw a power hyzer yeah. five hundred feet. Mm-hmm. Like like Doss, I think, could probably get one out four fifty, maybe even five hundred on a really good shot. But that's a full flex shot these days for him as opposed to like hey i'm gonna be eagle mcmahon and just power hyzer this 500 foot shot over these 300 foot trees Eh, let's go (laughs) it's it's a different game uh glenn says nate doss might play an event in the future if the stars align correctly i i i would put that as now a fair statement in the conversations i've had with him uh rewinding a year ago i i would say i'd bet you uh you know, a flight of beers, so to speak, that you won't see that. I, I think he's had the itch as of lately 
to at least entertain the idea of throwing again, but I don't know how much it's going to become a, a reality or very practical, but he's at least had that urge or that itch has resurfaced. And to me, that's in a, in a weird, small sense, even that is a little bit inspiring that's cool. and exciting if, to see. Uh, yeah. I mean, he certainly misses the competitive nature of the game. I, I would venture to guess anyone that's been as successful as someone like him or someone who's won three world titles. Like you still had to have a competitive drive or itch or nature within you that has to burn. Even if it's just the tiniest of embers, it still burns somewhere. Yeah. Uh, if, if you were at that at one point, he just needs to stop dousing it with beer <laughs> three times. I mean, he did make some good beers. So. I, I know that's what I'm saying. He makes some good beers. It's hard to, you know, let that flame when you, you know, when you can go and be like, Oh, this is really good. I'm going to make more of this. I, I don't know. I really do hope that we get to see, like, and who knows how he would play. It'd be very difficult for him to come off the couch and play. But yeah. I would love to see him give one or two, or maybe a, a mini tour, three, three to four events, just to see how it would come. Even if he, mm. even if he took thirtieth place, maybe we should see if he place. wants to. Maybe he should go play in the memorial. That'd be a good one to uh, just just magically like, return to. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Okay, uh, how's the DOS baby doing, uh, Luca? Uh, Luca. Is doing just fine. Uh, every every from everything that I've seen, some of the Christmas pictures and great family pictures they posted, uh, looks like he's doing quite well. Ryan Pilcher says, if DOS came out and made the lead card in a DGPT event and played well, I think those go hand in hand. I think some of the people who don't like his commentary would appreciate it more. I think that's probably a fair statement too. I, I like you were kind of saying, there's just there's to some degree a dismissive and i get it everyone has their preferences of course that's the you know we all know that of all of us they have your preferences but i think some people are are dismissive of anything doss says because they feel like he's not a current fixture in the game and so to your point exactly ryan Mm -hmm. i think if he came out not that he should have to do this but if he came out and put himself got himself onto a lead card at a pro tour event i think some people would be like oh shit he is good. He does know what he's talking about. He does have a clue. Yeah. I think some wow. of that naysaying, I agree with you, would be squashed. And it it, it sounds silly that I've, I've it said would it have to come to that, but that, I think it would be. That if DOS ever does decide to play another Pro Tour event, I, I think I make the call to Mo and be like, dude, you have to put him on. Some sort, card? some sort of feature card first round, like which would like, be some even if interesting it wasn't, pressure. Even if it wasn't like the first cover, first card live. If he was on like the second feature card the, the the you know the one that's covered mostly in post-production sure. that just because that gives that that's a little less pressure in that great the cameras aren't always on me they're maybe just going to show my good shots but still lets people kind of like oh this this is nate this is how he throws this is you know whatever that is because you're right putting him on like the number one lead feature card eh, might not be i mean it, it could be great he might he's a champion he could just be like cool I'm going to grin down and bear it, and I'm going to fight through this, and I'm going to show you how I still shoot a 1,030 rated round. That that very well could happen. Yeah. <laughs> but who uh, knows? Uh, Ray says DGPT All Star event. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know if there'd be some. There'd have to be some kind of a exemption or something that would have to get. There. I don't know. There, it seems like they're letting anyone in that All Star <laughs> event uh, because the way the All Star event is working now is that you only to play the golf do you have to have been voted in. Um, the field events they are allowing in other people. Did you not know that? I did not. Yeah. So more or less, you know, as Mo had said, why wouldn't you want to see Ella Hansen versus uh, Eliezer 
in a distance competition, even though Ellie didn't make the the all-stars. Hmm. So they're more or less saying, and I believe they're, and I, I don't know the numbers, they're, they're going to give some sort of compensation to players that who do decide to come early. So if, let's just say, we'll say Parker Welk. Parker Welk, you're a really good putter. Let's get you out here for the putting competition. Hmm. And so they are going to allow it to people other than the all-stars. Interesting. Which is, in, yeah, it is interesting because I was thinking what other sport brings in people who aren't all-stars to compete in the all-star events. The only one that I could really think of, and I, I'm, I'm not super varied in a lot of sports, the slam dunk contest. They bring in people who didn't necessarily make the actual all-star team. Mm. It's more or less, the, I, th- I think you can mm, get in on okay. the dunk contest. So that maybe, if you want to consider the the long drive, the accuracy, the putting, whatever else they decide to do, more along the lines of a dunk contest, then I can kind of get it. I don't necessarily love the idea. I will have to see it in, in action. Yeah, it's going to muddy any, things up and make things kinda, a little bit more confusing from a media perspective. Yeah, on one hand, I kind of think, well, that's what we have worlds for. You know, we've, you've got the putting, you've got the long drive competitions, you've got the edge, you've got, you know, whatever else is out there. But the problem with the world's ones are that they are, there's no set time. Yeah. You're not getting the, the six best players there to do it mm-hmm. in a half hour period. Instead, it's like, oh, guess what? Ella's going to show up at 1030 a.m. Eliezer is going to show up at two and Paige Pierce is going to be there at four. And the wind could be totally different for all of them. It could just be, you know, when they make it to wherever they're making it. So they they are expanding the all-star event to include people who okay. maybe do not necessarily, who didn't get voted into the all-star Well, that event. will be new in my... Uh, I hope that was public information. Uh, well, it is now. Smashbox exclusive. Sorry if it wasn't DGPT, but I think um, it was. That will, uh, that will be hopefully run down to me as well, as I think I'm host of that show I'm All-Star Weekend uh, when I return from Asia. So uh, let, let's quickly sidetrack. Uh, I'll, I, I'm going to borrow this one from the Internet, the Facebooks. Uh, s- someone had stated, said uh, that they don't think the caddy bibs are a good look for disc golf. I'll use their phrasing. Dudes are out he- there looking like they're going to wrangle some loose shopping carts in the parking lot later, <laughs> meaning the caddy bibs. Now, um I think there's an argument for a style, maybe, if you don't like sure. the style of the caddy bib. I don't have a problem with the caddy bib particularly. I kind of like it. I I like that you that there's a designated person and they've got your name on it. Um, do we want them wearing a, a full white outfit like golf, like pants and shirt, like zip up and mm-hmm. and and that's your caddy? I mean I mean we see on the PGA or live to whatever, however it's referred to, I don't even know. Anymore. PGA, they're still separate. Technically. Okay, uh, they're they're distinctive by wearing a bib. There, right? They wear a, usually a full white outfit with a bib. No, not all of them. I think no. Uh, no. Maybe 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 I'm wrong. They just have to wear the bib, right? They don't. The caddies don't wear the the full things, do they? Anyway. Um. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, it, I, I think obviously that's an option. Is the full? Yeah, the I full think attire. I think I think a lot of them do, but maybe you're right. Maybe not necessarily think, all of them. But designated by the bib, and, and, and maybe if you wear the white suit, you don't have to wear the bib. Uh that would make sense. Shows us what shows what we know. Um. 
was searching for images of caddy. <laughs> um, PGA caddies. Yeah, okay. So some Sam says, JVD, only at the Masters do they wear the white. Uh, they never wear all white outside of the Masters. Okay, it's just the Masters. And to be fair, okay. that's mostly what I watch is the Masters. Yeah. So, uh, and I th- a very prominent caddy and all-around uh, you know superstar that's been around that knows what she's talking about chimed in with some great perspective, and I'm talking about Johnny McRae's wife. She specifically said, I don't like them. I like to match my player. I will not wear one unless I, my hand is forced to, which I also don't agree with, to be honest. Right, which I also disagree with, to be honest. And there's a lot of really great points that were made within this thread, uh, talking about whether it's the uh, just the overall uh, aesthetic of them. Uh, some were talking a little bit about the quality of, of what they may be or what they're made out of, like you kind of said, in terms of an overall design potentially. Lots of great points made about it, which I, I don't disagree with. And And to be fair... I comp- I agree with the especially with the idea of like you have a really really sharp or unique or snazzy whatever mm-hmm. you want to term you want to use looking shirt that Johnny McRae is wearing and then his wife is wearing a matching or a congruent you know similar style and or exactly matching shirt like I love that perspective I love it J- uh, Germ and his wife Jules. Great. Uh, uh, if Joel Freeman and his wife want to match, or if they're just relatively similar, that's great too. I'm fine with that, and I think that looks great, and I've got no problem with that. So I can understand where somebody says, hey, this this bib, whatever color, shape, or design it is, it, it kind of Fs with my flow of what we're trying to accomplish here as a team. I can totally understand that. I am... I, I understand that perspective. But most of the bibs, you can still see the shirt that's under it. it to some... Yeah. My opinion... You have to designate some way, I think. But other than just like a little lanyard. Well, it's it, so hard to see if you're an official and suddenly there's there's four people when there should only be three following a card or something like, that are inside the ropes. It's very easy to spot the person who's not. Now, granted, we have other things like you just scores and this and that, whatever. But well, it, or, yeah, or, or whoever. I, I think a bib is some sort of bib or overshirt or something is a good plan personally. Yeah. And, and I came at it. I I watched a lot of this discourse take place. And then I came in with a perspective saying, first of all, I agree with everything or I understand what you guys are saying. Uh, I can understand some aesthetics and some other things or just flat out like they're uncomfortable or you don't like them or whatever. And then I just said, basically reworded what you said. We need this distinction largely because players entourages continued to grow. And although that wasn't a big concern for a little while, you get a really popular player. I'll, I'll just make up a name like Ricky Waisaki. Very popular. He's on the lead card. And now his friend group has, has grown from two to four to now nine people or just his family. He has a large family. And now all of a sudden you have 13 people in the fairway following Ricky, just Ricky. And there's three other players that could have anywhere from one or zero to 13 players themselves. We have grown to a point on the tour and at our biggest events where those potential 52 people, 13 each, 52 extra people hanging out in a fairway now are blocking other paid spectators. And they're more importantly, maybe blocking camera angles, camera people and other media, including your live scoring, including your marshal who's following the card that needs to make a rules call, but might be three deep 
or is getting buried behind a bunch of these players' entourages. We always say entourage. And again, that ended up usually being a girlfriend or a boyfriend, plus another friend or two, somebody who just missed cash an hour ago who then is joining you, somebody who just wants a front row seat, which we still have a problem with in terms of a player who's done but really likes somebody on the lead card and just thinks, well, I'm just going to go join them. That's still sometimes a problem today. So the the bib largely is to be, as you said, that distinguishing item so that you could say, hey, you're the one person or two, you're the one or two people that are in fact allowed to be here and to be this close to the player and to the action and to the media and to the scorekeeper and to the leaderboard person. Like you're distinguished and the bib does just that. Now, we've also seen and had that discussion about, well, uh, uh, Brittany Dickerson wears the bib but isn't specifically carrying the bag. That's, that's I think, why they distingu- distinguish it as a support person. Correct. And maybe Because you might just want someone to do live scoring or, or whatever. Or she's just walking along and she's carrying yeah. a towel or she's there for whatever other measure or reason. She's his caddy slash support person. Uh, maybe it's your manager. Yeah, I have zero uh, it, it problem with that. I have zero so problem I, I with just, that. And, and the funny part was, after this great discourse, I thought was very uh, legitimate on this page. This is on Dixon Jower's page, by the way. Um, someone said, I laid all that out, and someone said, yeah, but was that a problem, like ever? And I said, yes, it absolutely was. I didn't just make that up. Yeah, as, as a scenario, we've seen our sport grow. Dare I call it a growing pain? We've seen exactly that. We used to not have media and and scorekeepers and live leaderboards and all these other things and have to worry about anywhere from 500 to 5,000 paying fans that were out there as well. We used to not have spectator ropes. It was a free-for-all. We're kind of, kind of growing up in that sense. Now, if you think there's some other better distinguishing way to, to determine who that person is, that one allowed support person is, I think people clown would enter- hair. I think people would entertain. You have it. to wear a clown wig, like Bozo the Clown, like a big red. <laughs> one gets a wig and one gets the nose. You could have two if the mm. other person's willing to wear the nose. No, no, the person has to wear both. I mean, both shoes, clown shoes. Yes, yes. Did that- you get an extra? How can you earn an extra person? Oh gosh. Um, the yeah, the player has to wear the clown shoes. Oh, the player. Yeah. Okay. So if you wear the clown shoes, you get an extra support person. <laughs> I mean, think of how difficult the next step is with those clown shoes. Yeah. I mean, the forehanders clearly have the advantage. Uh, oh yeah, hands down. Uh, you know, I anyone mean, standing if, if still. Uh, no, I, I I do think that. Uh, yeah. I, I, anyway, I can, I can see arguments with the style of the bib. Sure, maybe maybe make the, the 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 shoulders a little narrower. Maybe make it a different color scheme. I don't know. If if someone like uh, Jenny McRae wants to match their caddy, awesome. That's that's cool. I love the concept. Um, and something like that could help out with that or, or, or find a way to, I don't know, to find a way to adjust it. But <laughs> Mike Thomas on the board says uh, pageant sash, a hat or a cummerbund belt. Now hear me out. Uh, Daisy Dukes. Uh, Daisy Dukes, bibs. Um, nonetheless, I... Uh, Backwards pants like uh, Chris Cross. Chris Cross. Warm yeah. it up, Chris. I'm about to. Warm it up, Chris. That's what I was born to do. Yeah, so... Uh, anyway, I, I, I want to be very clear. I, I thought it was a... A fair question. I thought there were some great responses. I thought there was even, dare I say it, some additional like 
level-headed discourse that happened after the fact. Like, I don't know. It's like almost the, the internet worked the way it should for a moment within that thread. Um, but yeah, I would say if you have another clever idea for a, a 100% distinguishable way. Now, this wouldn't, be, this wouldn't have been a problem if we didn't have these entourages. Like, let's just be very clear. Like, that is largely what ruined it is friends and i'm i'm saying any player any potential player zach melton i'll just make up another name zach melton gets on a lead card you might have had at one point or could today have calvin and macy and jamie and dickerson's like uh, in the right scenario it could it could his entourage any player's entourage could go from two to 20 real quick and you just can't have an entire card of that happening and that's what used to happen and I, i think so explicitly of usdgc um, which was one of the first places I feel like we saw this started to be policed more because they already had the spectator ropes in place mm-hmm. and and they made a real concerted effort, maybe even pre-pro uh, tour start. So anyway, throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, beer hat. There you go. That'd be another Not, good way to do I it. I mean, it can't have beer in it because the caddy's an no, extension clearly, of the player. But, so. I know, but a beer hat. But a beer hat. That would, that would work out. Uh, yes, and the other news, uh, Carolina Chain Banger wrote out there that uh, Kristen Tatar uh, has a tour manager. She made an announcement on her Instagram and her Facebook, I think, saying that uh, this is a really big step in her career, and she feels like uh, it's a good one in the right direction. It's going to let her focus. It's someone that she's known for a while. It's going to let her focus more on golf and worry less about some of the external day-to-day stuff that she was thinking about before yeah i mean you saw how unfocused she was this year. oh my god i just, I mean, she just didn't even scatter every event yeah I like mean, was she even there yeah I mean, that's why i didn't vote she, for her to win ouch, whoa, oh wow oh that went far terry easy you're gonna you're gonna light the internet on fire suddenly uh, i mean if you can't even win throw pink uh yeah i mean oh, what's what the doing? point what are you doing <laughs> yes Yep. Anyway, all right. Patreon.com slash Smashbox TV is the way you can support Terry and I. In 2024, we need your support. We are out here we begging. We need tour managers. We, I, we I, need <laughs> caddy bibs. We need caddy. Yes. We're, if if we get to 200 patrons, Terry and I were caddy bibs for like a couple episodes probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yes. we can see who deserves to be here and who doesn't. That's right. <laughs> so we can distinguish who's appropriately one, one here. One of us has not. to wear it. The other has to wear the clown, the clown hair. Sweet. Uh, more so than your current one. Terry. Yes. Uh, you have to take off that toupee and put on the clown <laughs> hair. Um, but yes, patreon.com slash smashbox TV. Um, Support independent creators. There was someone on our board earlier that was like, oh, you're starting an hour earlier now. Um, I, I watched this other comedy podcast. Don't worry, though. You get my Patreon dollars. And I had said, I'm happy if you give your Patreon support to any independent creators. But obviously, if you give it to us. We like you more. We like you more. Then you're in our heart. And uh, and that's how it works. So once again, patreon.com slash Smashbox TV. We have 135 people eligible for our giveaway tonight, Terry Miller. Mm-hmm. I pulled in all the extra names. I sorted it by first name. How exactly do you want to do this? I think we pulled the first one, first podcast of the year. 
getting in after the action. And uh, I say the very first name we pull is our winner. Very first name. Let's generate a number between 1 and 135. It's number 16. Oh, that's going to be a Brian. Number 16. You think it's like a B? It's going to be a B word. You think it's a B? Well, let's see. I think it's a B word. 16 is actually a B. It's a Brian. It's Brian Frawley. Brian Frawley. Good job. What? What a guess. 15 was Brian Millman. 17 was Brooks. So you nailed Brian Damn. Frawley. Congratulations, Brian. Uh, you are a relatively new Patreon supporter. It looks oh, like you've, yeah, he is. You've, you've, you've only been here for maybe a couple months. So congratulations, Brian. Uh, I will get your email to Terry Miller as well as your address you have on here. I just spoke with Brian the other day, actually. What? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, oh, fine this is gentleman over there. Yeah, I know. Sounds like it would be, but... Uh, just all around superstar, uh, Brian over uh, at Great Lakes Disc, and we've been seeing him post uh, a ton on Twitter lately. Yeah, uh, he's he's single handedly just keeping disc golf Twitter alive and and rolling day in and day out. So uh, Brian, Brian also uh, had supported. I think I'm waiting on the check though, so maybe he didn't. Uh, no, they were supporting. Uh, I put out an Andrew Marweed exclusive. Andrew Marweed's highest rated round of the year. We captured at the beginning of the year, and I cut it all down, just like you called for last week, Johnny. Yeah, it's a great I'm idea. I'm just doing what you say here. You should. Clown, clown, in, in nose li- and all. Innova listened to me. Yep. Lifted up Bradley. I can end my campaign for that. Yep. You're, and now you're telling you're listening me to, to cut me. out yep, uh, yep, solo rounds. I did that. I mean, Bozo, uh, Bozo hair is coming next. Exactly. So, yes, thank you to uh, Brian, along with the crew over at Great Lakes Disc, who uh, helped then support. Uh, the Andrew Marweed solo action. I think I'm going to still try and get out some MP40 action from the Memorial. We had bonus coverage from that, and that I think that's ready to get out there as well. So look for that to uh, get released here before I head to over. Excuse me, overseas. All right. Is there anything else we need to know about? Uh, I, I literally just thought of something, and now it's... Patreon giveaway scripted. No, he just said 16. He said it was by first name. I thought of a B word. Yeah. <laughs> that was a first name. Nailed yeah, it. I mean, and apparently I, we had two Brian's. You said, yeah, so. there's two. There's Brian Millman, and and not here. Watch this. I'm gonna hide all this. Crap. There we go. Hide. <laughs> Are you gonna prove them? Hide prove to them. There we go. Um, here. Yep, I will. Look at that. Oh, and I'll bring man. it up. There's number 16, Brian Folly. These are sorted by first name. Technically, Eli Bowman put a hashtag in front of his name, so he gets number one. Mm. I mean, that's what, what can I do? I have to disqualify him for that. Well, I mean, it doesn't help him in no, anything just, other than just... the, the ordering of the names. In this case, yeah. So, right. so. Though, yeah, that's. I, I, w- I wish it was scripted. That'd make my day easier because usually, right when the after show starts, I think, oh, crap, I need to download all the names. <laughs> and while Terry's filling, I'm over here like pulling in the names, importing them, getting everything prepped for the show. It'd be way easier if this was scripted. Yeah. Next time we'll cheat. Makes it easier. Yeah. We'll ask for a recount or something. Okay. Well, I think we can call it. I think that's uh, about all of the action here tonight. Oh, I know Brian, I'm not going to reach out to him. Brian will be watching this at the shop tomorrow morning. Oh, good. And for him. so, uh, yeah, when Great Lakes. Shout out to everyone at the shop. Uh, when Great Lakes uh, Disc opens on Wednesday morning, hopefully there's millions of people in there shopping, uh, picking up some great products over there in Michigan. And uh, Brian, forever number one in our hearts. Till next week. Yeah, until next week when we <laughs> give our discs to somebody else and yeah, love he, them. It seems like he's already coming out ahead by. Uh, it's close. It's close. Damn. All right. This has been. 
podcast 487's after show for Like and Bradley Williams, thank you guys for joining us in the regular show. Uh, anytime we've got some news or announcements or if any other uh, new or re-signed sponsored players want to come on the show and talk about what's happening, we'd love to uh, provide a platform for you to chit-chat and us to ask you some questions about it. So just keep that in mind. Or maybe you know a, a local pro or someone that uh, has just signed and you, you say, hey, you should share your story with the world. I have them reach We're out for or you. you reach out to us and we'll see if we can make it happen. So thank you guys for joining us. That's our first after show of 2024. We're going to be here next week for all the action coming into you on what? January 9th for Johnny V. I'm Terry Miller, the disc golf guy. That's 487's after show. We'll see you next week. You step inside the smash box. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 